0: We're nearing the end of the Minneapolis tour, this week we're at Head Flyer Brewery where head brewer and founder Neil Miller takes a little bit of time to warm up to the cycling Cicerone. Maybe that was just because I was already warmed up, this having been my third brewery of the day, but I think in the end we got Neil to open up and give the answer to some hard questions. Like what it's like to juggle his family life, his day job and his Netflix queue with opening a brewery. I'm the cycling-certified Cicerone, and this is Washington Beer Talk.
1: Hi, my name is Neil Miller. I'm one of the owners and the head of beer at Headflyer Brewing. So, uh, we're a pretty small crew. Uh, my wife and I, uh, my brother-in-law is a partner, and then we have another partner. So there's four of us who kind of um, are Head Flyer. Um, I'm a home brewer, so I've been home brewing for about eight years or so before we started Headflyer. Um, so I brought a lot of that with me, just kind of, you know, loving to get into beer, to make beer, to make my own creations and try new things. Um, so that's really kind of how we got started, just, you know, making beer and sharing beer with each other and um, enjoying it.
0: You said your title is Head Brewer, which I, or no, Head head of Beer. Head of Beer, said, yeah. Which um, is a uh, <laughs> an ambiguous title. For sure. Uh, and, uh, uh,
1: when, when you're one of the owners, I guess you get to pick your own title, but I think the, what, I, what I do here encompasses a lot more than just making the beer, um, just knowing how to serve the beer, the, you know, how to pour the beer, and going through that with everybody, and just kind of being the in charge of everything about the beer when it you know, starts in the grain and the ingredients all the way to the glass, and, and people enjoying it, or cans and crawlers that are getting out to people as well.
0: You got your team of four folks, you said. Um who do you work with on the beer side to do your head of beer things? You yep. probably have a like the head of beer, the way you described it sounds like it's a head of operations. Yep, You're not necessarily a head brewer. Do you brew any of the beer? It sounds yep. like you got it. Okay, yeah, so- I, brew,
1: I brew all the beer. We got a pretty small team back here. We run a 15 barrel brewery. Um, so it's it's my partner and I, and we have a few assistant brewers that work with us and a uh, pretty small crew. So I get to be involved in the whole process and I'm always there. I've, I've mashed in every batch and I've put the yeast into every batch so far. So I'm um, definitely, you know, being close to it and being a part of, you know, the entire process is what I'm all about. And that's what I really enjoy about. it. I want to be close to it and, you know, be a part of those batches as we make different varieties and come up with new beer.
0: Okay. So that makes it sound like you're a head brewer. For sure. So now to, to <laughs> clarify what else is involved in that. So you're a partial owner, yep, uh, which basically means you're going to have to wear every hat one way or the yeah, other, right? Exactly. So, so, so what else do you do? yeah uh you know we do, we're starting new crawlers,
1: so we're getting cans out to people selling in the tap room um, we have a few accounts, we go to festivals we advertise we promote the beer I'm on podcasts, obviously to talk about the beer and uh, just kind of do anything to kind of get the word out about HeadFlyer and share it with as many people as we can and You mentioned, you know, the tap room and the space that we have here, it's a really incredible space. So we're doing everything we can to get people to come here, you know, enjoy that experience and be part of what we have here. Um, And we feel the same way, as you kind of mentioned, that we want people to come here and and experience the entire thing, not just the beer itself, um, but the tap room, the, the place that it's made. We have big glass walls that you can see where it's made. And that was a big part of, as we were starting to build it out, we wanted people to know when they came in that this was the place that the beer was made and to have kind of an intimate relationship with it um we did a event not too long ago we had stickers that said i know my brew, i know who made my beer so we walked around and we you know shook people's hand and met people and talked to them about it and you know we want to be really close to the beer we're really close to the customers and the people who are part of adfire give me a sense
0: of how Established, this place is. It sounds like I don't actually don't know how old it is. So I mean, talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, we're uh, just over a year old, about a year and three months. We started last April, um, so we had our one year anniversary. It was a, a pretty big party, a pretty big event, and um, it's it's crazy when you talk about how many breweries are in Minnesota and across the country now. They're just popping up all the time, and they're more new and new breweries. And it's kind of once you get to your one year, it's almost like wow, we're experienced now. You know, we're we've been here for a while, and you know, we're continually learning and doing new things. But yeah, it's great to have a, a year under our belt, kind of understand what we have. Here Hear, you know, who's coming to Headflyer, who our customers are, and what kind of beer people really enjoy, and what kind of beer we enjoy, and, and kind of fill out our lineup like that.
0: A year makes you younger than most of the breweries I've talked to. Um, are there newer breweries around since you guys that you oh, know? Oh, absolutely. Um, there was one
1: last summer, there was one week that seven breweries opened up in Minnesota um, it seems like almost every week a new one's popping up, you know, the, the suburbs as you go further and further out of Minneapolis, it seems like every suburb has a, has a hometown brewery now, so it's great. You get a lot of new flavors, a lot of new styles, a lot of new personalities and, and new experiences, but yeah, a lot of new breweries have opened since we have, and we kind of see the trend continuing, maybe not as fast as it has over the last few years, but um, we definitely still see new places
0: popping up and uh, new people coming up. Part of you's got to hope that the trend slows down a little bit, so you can, you know, at least for for fuck's sake, get a second to establish a foothold, right? <laughs> well, and I think one of the great things is what we're
1: in Northeast Minneapolis. Which coming into Northeast Minneapolis when we did, it was a very crowded scene. There's a lot of people there, and um, we didn't really go into it like, hey, we're gonna go build a brewery in Northeast Minneapolis. But we found this spot and we fell in love with it. It was just a great spot, so we found ourselves here. And, Um, I think a lot of the new breweries that are popping up are you know St. Paul has really had a lot of new ones that have come up recently so that's great they have they have room for it Um, and like I said the different suburbs it seems like every suburb is going to have their own brewery and I think we can continue to get to that point where where it is every city kind of has their own and people as you go out to the the breweries out in the suburbs people are so dedicated to them it's like that's my hometown brewery that's where I go I love that place and people you know you kind of have that sense of community and um, being in northeast Minneapolis is a little bit harder because there's a lot more um, things to do here a lot more people a lot more um, action but at the same time we're trying to bring that a little bit and have our community of the people who come to Head Flyer and who like to you know be part of our experience and part of our beer.
0: So for listeners in Seattle who maybe don't know their way around Minneapolis you there's the neighborhood northeast yep and you are in. Uh, are, are we in that neighborhood right now? Yes. Okay. Yep. So you're competing with the likes of Indeed and uh, those other folks who are around, who yep. are absolutely are notably more established. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I I'm gonna get real now. It it looks from literally all I've seen walking into this place. You guys came in with a with a bang because you have a polished, beautiful space, uh, well decorated. Everything is like pristine.ly You know, it's some It's designed. You've come in here, everything's clean, your brew house is beautiful and it's all visible. And none of it's it's like, I walked through it, it's on, you guys were working, I interrupted you while you were doing something. (laughs) Um, But despite all that, it's like, you know, open and just shiny. And uh, I like, my first thought was, who the heck paid for this? (laughs) So what, how how did this happen? Do you guys, did you, did, talk to me about that. Yeah, I
1: mean, we knew coming to Northeast Minneapolis
0: that we we kind of had to bring it.
1: It was, you know, we we had to come in and, and have that experience and have that high-end tap room and, you know, really have that great space that people will come into and, and talk about because it's hard to compete with, you know, a lot of other breweries that are kind of in the same space. So how do you differentiate yourself um, and make it that unique experience that people are like, yeah, I'm going to go back to Headflyer. They got that great patio or they got that cool, you know, those big doors that open up and, you know, the, the different aspects of the tap room that we were really able to um, kind of incorporate into the whole piece. It's a lot of old. So we have, you know, the building's over 100 years old. There's old uh, limestone walls that are that are very old. And you know, you can't make those. You can't build this type of wall. You can't build this type of thing. So when we went into trying to build it, we were like, we want to keep all those great aspects—the brick, the stone, and all the great things that we had—and kind of just add modern flair to it, modern touches, things that fit well with it, but didn't try to take away or overpower what we already had. And that's what we really fell in love with when we first visited the building. And um, it wasn't in the greatest shape when we got here. I think more than a few breweries looked at it and just passed on it it was a big project but um, we kind of saw through what you know what it could be and we're super pleased with how it turned out it's just it's amazing
0: yeah i like i it's it's hard to describe the feeling that this kind of old building yeah you know brings out in me i I like it a lot i saw i was looking back just now because you've got this bricked up archway yep um we're sitting in basically a big storeroom uh with what yeah with your keg cleaner and and storage space uh (laughs) the things you want hidden. On the other side of this bricked up passageway is this old wooden door yeah. that you have. Yeah. That, is that like that must have been part of the original building yeah. that you saved. Um, I, I mean, I guess to, to have a question to ask about that door, did you have to, did you brick up this wall? Did you have to do that? Is there like nope. a rule? Um,
1: no, it was, uh, this building kind of grew up and it was expanded on piece by piece. So you, as you go through, you'll kind of see how it evolved over the hundred years that it's been here. It started off with a, a single, Limestone building, so we have old boarded up doors and walls. And then if you go into the brick and even as you go through there you'll see different different generations of of bricked up and, and covered up windows, we have really cool doors that are in the space that, you know, used to be exterior doors or led to different areas. Now they're blocked up and they're really just kind of pieces on our wall. We have a, a beautiful fire door in our cellar um, that you look at. you know, it's just, it's classic, you know, industrial look and feel. And now it, it serves as a great piece. is something to really enjoy. As we put our cellar together, we didn't want to cover it up with a tank. So we kind of left some space around there. Um, so as people come in, that's one of the things you see, you look right into the cellar, you see all the tanks and then you see this really old, um, sandblasted old fire door, it's just great. And this, our dungeon door here that's in our lab is, is super cool. We have a, some small batch beers that we do, some variations and some wild stuff that we try. Um, and we named it Beyond the Door kind of after that as like our, our little secret there. We, we know what's on the other side of that door and what's beyond the door and that's kind of where it came from, so.
0: I like it. Yeah, to speak to your you know multi-stage building, you can kind of just looking around and I don't. I'm not an architect, but you can see this like you know this plastered up wall here. Yeah. Then you just look up a little bit. The second floor is different brick, and then over here is all cinder block. And you can like so. I'm just guessing. That's three. That's three different phases. You're kind of talking yep. about the way that it grew.
1: Yeah, and so. quite a bit of it is the red brick in the front, and that's what you really see as you're you know on your when you're on Hennepin Avenue or you're coming up to the brewery. You see that old classic red brick and. Um, yeah, it's just really cool, and that's, like I said, that's what we came into, and we are just like, wow, this has got, you know, so much character and so much cool stuff about it, you know, that's already here, and that's the hard part when you come in and try to build a brewery, you got to really try to make it a place people want to come to, and we really had a place that people, you know, would really like and really enjoy, we just kind of had to bring that stuff out and make it a part of the experience.
0: Okay, you, so we're talking about, a little bit about your, your brewery being young, trying to get a foothold, trying to establish what it's, you know, establish yourself in a city that, isn't, that still has plenty of space to grow into but yep. you, like, I can tell y'all are hustling here, so what kind of stuff are you doing to I don't know, try to differentiate yourself
1: yeah. I mean, I think we stay pretty flexible with the different beers that we have on tap. So we have 13 lines. Um, we try to mix it up. We have a few established standards that we keep on all the time. And then, you know, we try to mix it up with the seasons, trying new things, trying new varieties. Uh, this summer we came out with a milkshake IPA, um, not innovative or new in any case, but, you know, coming out with something that we were really happy to drink. And that's, that's a lot of it is, is the styles that we like and we enjoy. We stay up on them. We try other breweries and find what we like and kind of incorporate that into our own style and um, try to bring those out and share them with the people.
0: Okay. Let me try to build a timeline of you for people listening. So let's see. The brewery, so we're sitting here. The year is 2018, I think. <laughs> um, and it's been open for a year now. Yep. April of last year, it opens in 2017. You said you were homebrewed for eight years, is yep. that right? Uh, so let's see. You, so what happened between when you were home brewing and when you opened this brewery? What was that, that phase like? And when did you, I guess, when did you start homebrewing to get that...
1: Yeah, Well, um, I started, I, I we had some friends that uh, they they were friends with the home brewer and we'd go to parties and he'd be making beer. And I just, I loved the equipment. I thought it was all super cool and I was really into it and, you know, thought it'd be great to try making my own beer. So I started, you know, making some extract brews. Um, shortly thereafter, I was just like, you know what? I just kind of want to try my own thing and, you know, mix and match and find things that work for me and things that I like. So I started creating my own recipes. Um, I slowly started upgrading my equipment and ex- taking more and more of the kitchen then eventually more and more of the garage. I built like a custom electric system that I was brewing on for a while and felt like I really kind of had the things dialed in and I was making beer that I enjoyed and I really liked it. Um, and there was never the intention to, to make that into a brewing career and to start a brewery. It's just like, I, I just really liked it and liked to make my own beer and had fun doing it. Um, kind of got to the point where um, my wife and I were interested in starting a business and um, we kind of threw out the idea, started talking about it and gradually started talking to it more you know, writing things down, getting more into it and it started to come together and um, as we expanded we started looking at places, um, looked at a few places that didn't quite work and then came across this place and uh, really fell in love. Uh, it took about seven months to go from just finding the place to kind of getting started on the process just because all the logistics with an old building like this and getting things in place and uh, we had a pretty long build out so yeah getting it into the position that it's in took quite a bit of time to kind of make it all work and all fit together but um, yeah, once we got here, we were super happy with the outcome. Honestly,
0: seven months sounds fast. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah, at the time, it it definitely did it, but now looking back, yeah, that time really flew, and, you know, going from when we started to here, and and seeing it come together, there was a portion, we dug out our cellar, there was a a crawl space in there, so we ended up putting, uh, 27 dump trucks full of dirt in there, so we were probably, one of the breweries our size with the biggest expense in black dirt, um, so that was really fun, um, other things like that that just came up, and, um, yeah, made it made it a pretty cool experience, but yeah, at the time it was very stressful. It's much it's much much more fun to look back now and you know have beer. That's that's the best part. When you're building, you don't have a lot of beer other than what you know people might bring you um, and you go elsewhere to find. So
0: I find as a home brewer myself uh, that that I can't brew beer as good as the pros can, right? <laughs> and then uh, when, I was, when I, there was a period of time where I was giving beer to my friends and they were drinking it and going, oh yeah, this is really good, you should try to sell this. And like, they always, you know, you, know what you can tell as a brewer like that they're saying it because their beer is free. Yeah. Like, yep. You should sell this to me for free, yeah. you know, like that. Sure, they would say that. Um, what really was the move? Like what was the actual moment in your head where you thought maybe this is good enough to sell?
1: I think it was just kind of having having the system down having the process down um, really kind of understanding the science i actually took a, a biochemistry and brewing course out of vermont um, went through that so i really felt like i had a strong footing um, i've always been I'm, i have a math degree so i've always been into the, the science and the math and the, all that fun stuff that goes into brewing that a lot of people really aren't attracted to but yeah. all the calculations and and things like that i i kind of enjoy that stuff so um, once i felt like i had all that down you know it really I felt like I was pretty comfortable with the whole process, and even getting into to a brew house like this. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's an awesome piece, um, and just there's a lot of automation and a lot of great things that actually make it a lot easier. You know, in some cases, I'm up there pushing buttons as opposed to you know hauling buckets and you know running hoses around. So so some of that stuff makes it easy, but um, yeah, it's just great to be able to brew on a sweet system like this.
0: Yeah, right on. When, so you said you have a math degree. Yep. What did you, what was your day job before this?
1: Uh, I was in IT, so I did data analytics. So I worked okay. with a lot of data and visualization and that kind of thing. So a lot of it is is somewhat similar to what you have here. You know, collecting data is a big part of what we do and trying to, you know, optimize everything, you know, logistics, inventory, all that fun stuff is, is a lot of math and, and data. So it kind of fit. Yeah, that, that
0: math is an important part of any business, yeah. obviously. But I think it's it's got its own role, its special role in brewing yep. itself, you know, cause you, <clears throat> I've done a fair share of spreadsheets, you know, yeah. figuring out the way, you know, how you're going to calculate everything you need to calculate in your beer, you yeah. know, IBUs and blah, 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 all that shit that we don't need to get into. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, where did the name head flyer come from? What does that even mean? Um, when we were starting to, you know, kind of starting this
1: plan for a brewery, we we're trying to come up with names and, um, as you probably know, it's very hard to come up with a unique name, and there's there's a lot of competition or a lot of a lot in this space. You know, wine, alcohol, all that stuff kind of competes in the trademark space. So we had we'd come up with a lot of names that um, didn't really work, and we were on a road trip up to the lake and came across a street sign that said Headflyer Lake Road. Um, and my wife and I kind of looked at each other. We'd been driving for about four hours, crossed out hundreds of names that wouldn't have worked, and. Um, we kind of, you know, looked at each other and said, "Hey, this has got a really cool ring to it." This is a ring, ring to it. it. Yeah. yeah. We kind of played with it for a little bit, and we we kind of stuck it in there, and um, we we thought a little bit more about it. We came up with tagline: "Take a flyer." Yeah. You know, kind of like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm reading your
0: shirt right yep. now. I just saw that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it was something that you know we were doing because you know um, we had nine to five jobs, we had families, and we were doing something really crazy. So it's kind of like we were taking a flyer to do this, and um, we started getting kind of into the artwork and what it represented. From there, we worked with a great graphic designer and just you know, kind of created a brand that was our own and, and feel that really has a lot of cool elements to it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it seems like the perfect name now and, yeah, it was kind of a just one of those moments that, you know, came across and, and really, yeah, resonated with us.
0: Hmm. Honestly, I'm trying to reconcile what it, what it means to me, right? Like, I'm trying to figure out what a head flyer is and, you know, is, am I flying on my head? Am I in a hand glider? You know, I don't know. It doesn't, <laughs> Well, we. Uh, it, it, it doesn't evoke any particular image. Yeah, well, we had thought about it, point.
1: Y- yeah, from the graphics, you know, to put things like wings and uh, the Rocketeer and those types of things, and really, you know, it kind of has, you know, a little bit of tongue-in-cheek, like you drink a couple beers and your head's flying a little bit, so some of those things, it, it really felt like, as we looked into it, it really had a space for us, and, you know, kind of had some of those dual meetings. and like I said, yeah, take a flyer is, is something that we've definitely stuck onto, and, um, then kind of our, yeah, our tagline.
0: Yeah, once you have a couple beers, your head's flying. <laughs> I think that, that's an all right. I like that's That's the angle I'll imagine yeah, in my yeah. own brain from here on out. <laughs> how do you decide what beers to brew? So you've got a, you're what you're doing is you're a young brewery, um, trying to fill a niche. You gotta figure out where you want to live. You know, what, what, how, what did you decide to brew here?
1: Uh, it's, it's mostly, I'm drinking sure a hazy IPA. Yep, well, the, um, that's that's what I like to drink. Um, I like late edition hops. I love different hop varieties and trying different hop combinations and things like that. I never was into the super bitter, um, you know, IPA. So I kind of had a style that, that's really popular right now is kind of, you know, fruity, juicy hops, late edition, not very bitter IPA. So that's my favorite style. So it's great to be able to brew a lot of those. Um, we've had a lot of people, you know, who like dark beer. So we have a vanilla porter that uses all fresh vanilla beans. That's been pretty popular. Um, and this time of year, a lot of light beers, it's hot out there. So um, we introduced the lager this summer. Uh, honey wheat, and you know, really just trying to create beers that um, we think we would enjoy and, and playing off what people people enjoy and what they like. And those will stick around and we'll try different things. And um, I mentioned the Beyond the Door where we would do small batches. We've done a couple kettle sours, we'll add um, fruit. We had a, a milkshake IPA that we used uh, Luxuro cherries in um, that turned out pretty good. And we just, yeah, try a variety of things and you know, think of what people might like and what we might like.
0: Yeah. He, I like that your an, your answers are like very clearly metered. I feel like you've rehearsed. Did you, did you rehearse at all for this? No, I did not. I,
1: I like to be more off the cuff. That's more my style. Um, I don't I don't like to think too much about it. I just kind of go. So yeah, um, this is this is all off the top. But uh, I probably answered a few of these questions. Before, you, yeah, I was so. gonna say
0: you give marketing manager answers, not some mathematician <laughs> answers to these questions. You, uh, yeah, well, you that's just, why I'm
1: the head of beer. I got to do all
0: those things. Gotta I got to be thinking stuff.
1: about. I don't have a, a coach for uh, for interviews, so no,
0: fair <laughs> enough. You're doing all right. I um I I do a lightning round of questions at the end of every interview, all and right. we're not at the end of the interview yet. We like we're only 25 minutes in, and I think we could go a little longer. But I want to. I like the lightning round a little bit because it reveals some stuff, <laughs> and I think we should reveal that stuff now to establish, to, to, to establish a tone, I suppose. That sounds good. Let's do it. All right. The first couple of questions are easy. How old are you? 38. You're 38. All right. Let me do the math. You're a mathematician. You got your mathematician degree. You homebrew for eight years. So that's, that leaves about nine years of unresolved time in your timeline. So what happened in there?
1: Uh, not a lot. You know, I got into my side career, my IT uh, background. Um, I enjoyed drinking a lot of beers, especially Minnesota craft beers. Um, that's kind of when the scene came up from Summit to Surly, what we mentioned a little bit earlier. Um, and having a lot of opportunity to try great beer and be um, inspired by things like um, Day Tripper from Indeed and, and those beers that had come out, you know, at that time. And, um, you know, that's, that's part of it, you know, just enjoying beer and enjoying the different varieties that you could get from craft beer and becoming part of the, the craft beer scene in general. Okay. That was a long answer for a lightning question. (laughs) I know, I know. Well, you know, yeah,
0: that's fine.
1: That's fine. Do you have any kids? I have three kids, actually. You have three kids? How old are they? Uh, Six, four, almost four, and two we just had a birthday for our four-year-old daughter uh it's actually next week but we had the party this week we didn't want to tell her that she wasn't actually four yet for the complication so we just said yep you're four it's good we're having a party you're four now so <laughs> no, that's she got a little, that that little head start
0: can't explain to those four-year-olds yeah. that are not quite four yet <laughs> yep. I, i'm
1: right there with you yeah. what is your favorite beer you guys have here that you uh, it was all a dream our juicy ipa that was uh one that had come from a style that i'd home brewed and um yeah again it's just kind of the style of beer i like it as citra and aldorado late edition hops and uh you know, a little bit stronger in alcohol, but not too bitter, so that's my style.
0: I ask the same question to the bartender up front, uh, you know, which one of these is your favorite? I drink a lot of beer. I go yep. to a lot of breweries. This is the third brewery I've been in today. Um, <laughs> and I've asked the same question to every brewer, um, which one of these is your favorite? And if you ask a brewer, they usually, they, they say a couple of things. One of them is every beer is my baby and how uh, can yeah. I choose? that I say, well, you have a favorite baby, so you you don't have to tell everyone who your favorite baby is, but I know you know. And then, uh, so I I, I might say that back to them, but if they're a bartender, bartenders have an answer, which is always, well, what do you want to drink? It's never what their favorite beer is, right? So, no, no, no. I didn't ask you to ask me what my (laughs) favorite beer was. I know what I want to drink. I want to know what you think is the best beer that is right, that is here. And I don't care what, you know, my favorite style is. Yeah. But your guy goes, "This is my favorite. This is my second favorite." Yeah. I was like, "Give me your second favorite." Like uh, the first one, I was like, "You're right. You know, I don't quite want that one right now." I forget which one he pointed at, but I was like, "I don't quite need that one." But this one, the juicy yes, I do want that one, and I really appreciate that your guy totally knew yeah. what I what I needed from that question. Yeah. Well, you're allowed to have favorites, especially you know you know seasonalities or you know
1: I have preferences. I like hops, so I want to have a hoppy beer. I'll drink a lager. I'll drink a a wheat ale at times, but. You know, my go-to is always going to be the same. That's what my favorite is. And I think people are allowed to have a favorite
0: and stick with something that they like. I think so. Um, Okay. Fourth question. What's your favorite beer of all time? Perhaps the beer that made you into the man you are today.
1: Oh, that's pretty tough. Um... I would say, you know, possibly Julius from Treehouse. I think that that was a big inspiration. Day Trippers, one that I remember drinking for a long time. Yep, I remember my first Day Tripper at Ice House, um, and it was just like, yeah, this is great. Just you know, a, a kind of bitter pale ale that just had a lot of flavor, a lot of hops to it, and um, yeah, just you know, inspired by what came before. I think it's cool.
0: What was the first beer you ever had? Do you remember that?
1: Uh, I think it was actually a Corona out of the trunk of someone's car. It was not a memorable experience. Um, back then i didn't drink too much beer so uh i do remember it not fondly i guess is the term
0: my first beer ever was a sierra nevada pale and uh, i hated it yeah <laughs> if i went back and drank sierra nevada pale i would probably like it a lot but i yeah. uh, honestly the first one ever was a sip of my dad's sierra, <laughs> yeah. sierra nevada and i thought oh god what the fuck <laughs> who thinks this is good this? this is horrible yeah. and you know then i come to find that sierra nevada is a You know, trend-making beer and, you know, an important part of beer history. And here, what am I? What am I? Some fucking 16-year-old at the time, maybe. And, uh, yeah, so whatever. Um, Okay. And then the last lightning round question is, when was the last time you cried? (laughs) Uh, Probably when
1: my oldest daughter was born I, I think is probably the last time. Yep, that's a, The last yeah. time
0: your when your oldest daughter was born. So that's yeah. 6 years ago. No, 4. No, I have four. A,
1: my son is the oldest, the middle the oldest child daughter. is the almost 4 gosh, gosh, uh, year God. old. Yep. Well, so yeah. your youngest child's
0: going to listen to this podcast in a few years and go, "What
1: the fuck?" God? Well, by then we kind of knew what we were doing. I think the the first and the second were a challenge. It was a very uh it was a very fast process and we were we were hurried and uh yeah, I think by the third one, you kind of you kind of understand what you're doing. And I think a lot of parents will say that. It's like, by the time you get to the third one, it's like, this is old hat.
0: Now just a quick break from the show to talk about our sponsors. I'd like to thank Willow's Lodge out in Woodville for making this episode possible. Willow's Lodge is a beautiful luxury lodge with spas, hot tubs, beautiful rooms. And when you walk in, they greet you by name. This autumn, they're doing a bike and brew package that includes a trip to Sumerian, where you get a credit on beer, credit on breakfast the following day, and a discount at the spa. I highly recommend you check it out, especially if you wanna see the other breweries in the area. They've got some fantastic complimentary bikes for you to use as well. Probably some of the best I've ever ridden. That's Willow's Lodge out in Woodenville. Washington Beer Talk is also brought to you by craft beer of the month if you want to get a crate of tasty beer sent to your house or sent to someone else as a gift then check out cyclingcicerone.com slash beer club that'll send you straight to their website via my affiliate link do you brew here as are you the head of beer here full-time uh yeah we're we we operate you know not too
1: uh, we don't brew too often, um, mm. you know, a couple times a week. Uh, there's a lot of other head of beer type activities that we end up doing, mm. but uh, the brewing process is pretty good and pretty efficient, and, yeah, we're doing well here. Um, I mean, do you have a second job? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I still work in IT yeah. um, and do do that, yeah. So okay. it's, a, it's a balance. That's why we're here late a lot of times. We're here on the weekends sometimes and have, finding a way to get it all in. I think that's
0: what people want to hear. Yeah, they want, they want to hear that it's not easy. Oh no, not at all. Yeah, you, it sounds romantic, and then yeah. what you get into is it's uh, um, it's a, a lot. Yeah, yeah, you work Yeah, you're not working. You can't just work 40 hours a week at your brewery. You got to work more than that.
1: Yep, for sure. Uh, and there's always something that comes up, and you know, something random, and you want to be here. And it's good to have eyes and ears here to help you out when you can't be here to make sure things are working, and you know, have good staff. That's super important. But um, yeah, it's it's tough when you can't be here, and you're like, hey, what's happening? I went on vacation over the fourth and came back and just was like looking around. Yep, everything's still here. Everything's still operating. And, still fine. Um, like
0: when you leave your kid with a babysitter. Yep, yeah exactly. <laughs> yep. The baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um. Yeah, you're you're a busy guy. I can tell because in the last twenty, in the last thirty minutes, you have been sitting here. The your sweat has dried up. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Thankfully, you've got to sit here and uh and and take a breather, drink your drink a couple ounces of beer. Yep. here. I'm I'm working on a full pour. He's working on a. That's like a six yeah. ounce or you know. Yeah. I so. gotta
1: I gotta pace myself a little bit, but uh yeah, it's hot out here today, so. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I gotta
0: cool down and had a good time to have a beer. Yeah. Right on. Um. <laughs> Okay. I've, I've been fucking around with you a little bit, so I appreciate you, you know, tolerating my goofiness. Um, let's see. Um, what do I want to know? I want to I dive in and get some more secrets like for your brewery. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I'll be honest. I feel like what I've gotten so far are fairly vanilla answers. You know, you're <laughs> not, not vanilla answers, well metered and political answers, which are fine. But I want to get the secrets, right? You know, I got you, you know, you know, so like, let's get some, let's get some good stuff. What's the hardest shit you got to deal with here on a day to day? I think the hardest thing that I didn't really expect when I first started was, you know,
1: logistics and and getting everything timed up and lined up. You know, when you're a home brewer, you you can stop at the store and grab some ingredients. You can decide to brew that day. Um, Here, yeah, it's, there's so many moving pieces and so many parts and, you know, trying to brew the beer, when you need the next one and all, all that stuff, the timing has been the biggest challenge. And, and, you know, the more time you can spend here and the, the closer you can get, and that's part of the data collection and, and that type of thing. It's just like to be as efficient as possible with your time and, and the process, it's it's huge. And that's, I think, one of the biggest challenges. And, and that's part of the things that you don't really expect when you come here. You're like, yeah, we're gonna make beer. It's gonna be great. We got all this cool equipment. It's like, well, you gotta empty that fermenter before you can put another one in there and you gotta get everything moved around and carbonated and in kegs and ready to serve. and um, Make sure you have ingredients and yeast is coming. And yeah, there was a part last year where White Labs was a little inefficient, and I'd, I'd try to call them and be like, "Well, it's going to be a week before you can get your yeast," and it's like, "Uh oh, <laughs> like I need that." Yeah, yeah.
0: You got some people who get in your way. Uh, you got some people who help you out. Who would you say your biggest ally is in in this brewery? You know, maybe maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's another company or yeah. something. Yeah. Well,
1: I. I have to say my wife on that one, uh, She she's part of the business and she does a lot of the financials and um, she likes to think of herself as the mom of the brewery and, and does a lot of that stuff so obviously I'd get in big trouble if I didn't say that. Um, my other business partners are great to work with, Nate um, is a guy I've worked with in the past, um, he helps with um, all the stuff in the back of the house so the two of us kind of run a lot of that stuff and, and put it together so um, yeah. it's. It, kind of can't do it without the rest of the team so All right. that's Who, a very vanilla answer.
0: Who's your fifth biggest ally? <laughs> I know there's four of you, there's you, your wife, your two business partners, who's your fifth biggest ally? Well
1: uh, last year at one point we brought my dad on to run the tap room, so he's the one of the gentlemen you probably met in the front when you got in okay. here so uh, yeah he's he's obviously he's been a big uh, influence on me you know throughout my life and it was really great to be able to bring him in and be a part of this. Um, my family loves craft beer. My parents go around uh, you know on trips with their friends they go up to you know Fargo and, and do beer runs and they've almost probably been down nearly every brewery in Minnesota as part of just you know what they like to do so yeah um, that's pretty cool to have that you know a part of it. So it's
0: definitely a family brewery for us and um, that's an important part of it yeah okay. Great answer. Here we go. Harder question. Harder question. You can't give a middle answer for this. I don't think. Who's your biggest enemy? Oh, that's going to be tough. Uh, I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to evade this question
1: as much as possible on you. It's just time. I mean, being able to do everything and um, myself, you know, not being able to dedicate as much time as I can and and be on top of everything as much as I can, and you know, it's just like if I could do just that little bit more and be that little bit more prepared, things would be a little bit easier. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest challenge right now. It's just just yeah, being able to, to keep everything going, keeping all the balls in the air and um, make everything work. Here's some
0: example enemies. <laughs> Time is a perfectly good enemy and that absolutely makes sense. It's a great answer. But uh, what about uh, distributing? Like you must have some struggles there, right? Self-distributing is a thing you're allowed to yep. do in this state. Yep. Thank God. Yep. Um, so you have to distribute on your own beer. That's probably pretty hard. What about... So who gets in your way there? Uh, What about Budweiser? They're always trying to buy up all these breweries all around you and they are impacting the environment around and and horrible things are happening. Um, Third example, indeed, they're right across the street. They're a much bigger, (laughs) more established brewery. anyway no sorry i don't you don't need to answer a yeah, yeah. little question
1: but maybe something comes to mind after this yeah well the the minnesota craft beer scene is great we go to the the guild socials and you know everybody when we first started up stopping by coming in bringing beer and um, i would definitely not say anyone in the minnesota craft beer scene big beers out there but fortunately you know a lot of our stuff is taproom sales so that's mm-hmm. really our bread and butter we try to get people here so budweiser can't compete here they don't have a chance um, they're not going to buy us Fair so not. we don't have to worry about it we're pouring all the beer in this building so um, that's great do you distribute uh, we do a little bit. We have a few taps in uh, bars and restaurants. We don't do any retail distribution right now. Okay. Uh, we do crawlers and growlers from here, but um, yeah, that's part of it. We really want people to come here. Um, the distribution that we do is, is to get more people access to it and uh, get more people to try it so we can get more people to come here because that's really what we love.
0: You do give the vibe of a brewery that was built to be a tap room. Yep. Uh, yep. And I was, you'd say that's probably- yeah, for sure. Yeah, this this building's
1: not huge. We don't have a ton of space, despite the, the portion that we're in. this is about the only space we have here. The rest of it's low ceilings, and we really had to work hard to cram a brewery of this size in here. Uh, but it's a 15 barrel system, and you know we don't have a ton of space to to make a ton of beer for you know for retail for cans and bottles uh, without changing some of the things that we have. So we're we're really trying to just fill our niche and fill our space, and uh, you know do what we can with what we have and uh, make a really great experience. And we're having fun doing it. So.
0: I think you're succeeding. I think it's really great out there. Um, what's your growth plan? Do You have an idea how to get any bigger? Do you want to? Do you want to stay here, and be a tap room brewery? Do you like? Because I think that's a perfectly admirable yep. goal. So that's the goal.
1: Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, we're focused on the tap room. We do want to get you know do some can canning runs. Our are, are popular it was all a dream juicy IPA. We want to get that out in cans again to get more people to be able to access it. Um, so you want to get that into cans into stores. Yep. Okay. Yeah, at, in a small you know in a small capacity, okay. that's a goal. Uh, get more bars and restaurants to you know to get out there a little bit more, but you know, there's definitely a limit to what we can do with with what we have. So we're not trying to outgrow that. Um, we think we can really do great things in our space and, and that's the goal. So focus really on that. But mm. um, yeah, I don't want to stop stop there. Um, yeah, keep making more beer and keep, keep trying to make great beer.
0: Before I ask this next, next question, I want to apologize to the Washington Brewers Guild um, because every, brewery I've talked to so far has mentioned in some capacity or another uh the brewer's guild here the Washington Brewers Guild nobody talks about um I think they're doing they're doing the same things that your guild is doing but for some reason they don't have the same mind share um or like consciousness as as y'all's brewing guild um what is it that your brewers guild has what are they doing that is getting everyone excited about you know, the guilds. Yeah, well, we do,
1: they do some great events. We do some great events. Um, it's very social group. Uh, people are very friendly and very hospitable and open to, you know, uh, bringing people in, going to visit breweries. So it's just a really great community. We have our social events where we get to go meet people. Um, that's a great place to meet old brewers and people who have been around and, you know, talk the talk and then meet new breweries that are coming up and get a chance to kind of, you um, you know, maybe when you're, when you're working a brewery, sometimes you're really busy. It's hard to get out to all the new ones, so get a chance to maybe try some beer, to talk to some people, and, and to find new places that you want to go check out. What kind of events do the, does your guild hold? Uh, they hold, like, safety meetings, um, you know, seminars, those types of things. We have beer fests where they'll bring in, well, you know, people will come in, and some of the best uh, beer festivals here in Minnesota are, are put on by the guild. How often do they do this? Um, there's, there's a few festivals a year. Um, that are put on by the guild the social event is every uh, once a month on Mondays um, where we'll go to a different brewery and just people are welcome to come in anybody in the in the industry and just um, hang out yes share stories chat Um, we held it here um, not too long ago and it was just great The turn you know tons of people came out and you know got to meet a lot of new people and people that we hadn't met in the industry yet Um, And it's a great opportunity to do that and socialize and just kind of take a day to relax. Mondays are a pretty good day for that. So um, it's cool to just be like, all right, today, you know, I'm gonna come up here, but I'm gonna go hang out and kind of enjoy myself for a little
0: bit. So once a month they do these social events, do they, uh, so is there like, do you have to compete for that spot to get to be the, the Brewers Guild? host? No, I think
1: they just kind of rotated a little bit, and you know, I suppose it only there.
0: takes a couple of years to rotate through all yeah. the berries that well, currently <laughs> exist. Yeah. Uh,
1: but yeah. then, uh, yeah, you'll never have to do it twice—that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think being a, being in Minneapolis, that you know, gave us a pretty good opportunity because a lot of people are close, and uh, they reached out and said, "Hey, would you guys like to host?" And of course, we were down with that. And yeah, like I said, we had a great time, met a lot of people. Um, we went to the the one before us, and just like, hey, we got to figure out how to do this. You know, we were we were new to the guild, and. Um, yeah, went out there and be like, all oh, right, well, what are they doing? Oh, they got, you know, they got snacks, they got ice, we gotta get all this stuff. So we figured it out. Now we get to kinda of relax and you go check out everybody else's space. So
0: that's so funny that you would think about hosting a party the same way I would think about hosting a party, right? Like <laughs> yeah. you'd think that a brewery, you know, you you'd, you'd sort of kinda of have that on uh, on lock and then but at the same time you kinda of don't. Right? Yeah. You're like, to yeah. shit, I gotta bring food in for these guys. Yeah. Like, I don't <laughs> have food in my brewery, that's not allowed. Yeah. People <laughs> so, are gonna bring beer, what do we do? <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <B-Y-O-B? yeah>. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: yeah, fortunately, a lot of places are closed on Monday, so that makes it work out pretty well. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Where are you from originally?
1: I'm from Minnesota. I'm from Coon Rapids, so I grew up kind of in the northern suburbs, and I went to school in St. Paul, so I've kind of been around, yeah, the Twin Cities my whole life.
0: Okay. Um, Because I was going to ask, what made you choose this particular part of town, or this town in general at all, to open your brewery? So, we're over in the Minneapolis half. Yeah. St. Paul's over there. Yep. uh, And, uh, like... I've been to good breweries in both places. Yeah. Did you have? Did you flip a coin over? You know, you know where to be. No, we looked all over the place. Um,
1: we lived in South Minneapolis for a while. My family actually a lot of old school Northeasters. Um, my dad actually grew up on the other side of the tracks over here. Um, it was—it was really this building that we found. We came across it. It's Miller Textile. My last name is Miller. Um, the only chance I'd have to, to have my name anywhere near the brewery. Um, but yeah, seeing it up on the wall—it was kind of—you know—just it was. There was a lot of cool things about it. And when we knew, we kind of knew once we got here that this was our space, and we felt like um, this was the spot for us. And that was just a part of the whole experience.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, I've. I've asked twice now, and I'll kick myself if I don't try to ask for a third time. Uh, and this is a and the reason you're avoiding this question is because it's an awkward question that you're free to avoid. Um, but like, I, I gotta know. It's just too fancy out there. It's too nice. Where did the money come from? Like, did you? Are you? Massively in debt right now? Are you? Uh, do you have are, like corporate sponsors that you're beholden to? Uh, are you like you and your wife have? You know, I mean, you're not you're not dinking it. You got kids. You know, yeah. You're
1: spending money somewhere. Like, what's going on, dude? Yeah, we got uh, we put logos on everything, like NASCAR. Our yeah. shirts are sponsored <laughs> with a bunch of pictures. Yeah.
0: No, fortunately, we were able to do it
1: with just our partnership group. Um, we worked with the SBA and and we were able to get some money to start it to get the building. Sorry, what we was had. the SBA? Uh, Small Business Association. Oh, okay. it's a government program that. Um, Allows businesses to have loans to build up their properties. Mm -hmm. We obviously worked with the landlord to be able to build up a lot of the stuff that was here. So um, yeah, we're in a really fortunate position. I mean, it's, times aren't easy right now. We're trying to, you know, get through all of it, but um, yeah, it's great to be kind of in charge of it and managing it yourself and, you know being able to kind of do whatever we want back there. We're not, you know, I don't answer to anybody as far as the beer is. And that's another reason why I get to be the head of beer because whatever I want to do back here, I get to do. So it's awesome.
0: All right, right on. I um, <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't mean to like keep asking that awkward <laughs> question. I think that like that's, that's the question that if I'm curious about it, yeah. then you know, uh, other potential small brewery, small business owners yep. will want to know the answer. And, um, and you know, you can't always be trying to keep up with the Joneses, you know, yeah. as a, as a business owner, right? We all, oh, do, yeah. we all do that as yeah. people, right? Trying to have the fanciest furniture. Yep. You can't look at head flyer and go, well, what do they, why do they have the fanciest furniture? Like, how do we get that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You, and if you end up doing it the wrong way and you end up, you know, having to sell out half your brewery to Budweiser in order yeah. to make it happen, then maybe you <laughs> would, but if you, but if you know how you did it, and if we talk about that kind of thing, then we, you know, we, then we learn. So yep. the point is, Yeah. They managed to scrape the money together. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Uh, And uh, you will be over budget. So plan for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, let's see. We talked about, I think we, I think I asked you what your biggest hardship was. You mentioned logistics and, you know, planning, planning for the future and stuff like that. I'm going to ask that question a second time. Um, what like, what is, what was the most surprising hard thing you had to deal with?
1: Um, yeah, I think it's just kind of understanding all the, all the bits and pieces that go together to, to make it work. And, you know, not having come from a brewing background, I didn't work at a, a large-scale brewer. I kind of came from home brewing to this space and came into it. Um, you know, I understood what the vessels did and how things moved around and I could run the system, but um, everything else that goes into it, it's so overwhelming and there's so much more time that goes into it. And it's like making beer is such a small part of the process of, you know, acquiring the things to make the beer, making the beer, and then selling the beer. There's so much more that um, you don't really think about licensing. That's so much fun. Um, TTB, and we have the city, and we have the state and everybody that we work with to make sure we're licensed and have everything um, on the up and up. That's a huge challenge and it's just kind of keeping up with everything. There's so much going on and um, yeah it's it's a bit of a challenge but um, yeah we're making it work and it's fun to figure out and kind of get ahead of that stuff and then once you once you kind of have it figured out it's like yeah I kind of got that thing. I got that part and then you move on to the next thing that you got to figure out so um, yeah it's a challenge but it's a fun at the same time.
0: The sense that I get from you as a, as a guy is that you are extremely driven and you've got every, you you've, you probably have your hours on a spreadsheet marked down the way you get your work <laughs> done. You got your math major in there. You got your IT job as your, your main, your main hustle. This is your side hustle. you got a number of other things going on. I bet you can answer this question. How many hours of free time do you have every week? I didn't even mention your family. Holy yeah. crap, that's gonna take oh, up yeah. all the other all the other gaps. So very little.
1: So for, fortunately with young kids, everybody including my wife goes to bed about nine o'clock. So I have room about nine o'clock until I fall asleep on the couch to do whatever I want and get all that extra stuff done. Does that include video
0: games or is that including the real work that you didn't have oh, time that's, to do right that. My, that's my free
1: time, yeah. Occasionally a video game. I, uh, my family was out of town for the four, so I watched a couple
0: of shows on Netflix, which doesn't happen very often. I was so. just going to ask if you even have to bother paying for a Netflix yeah. subscription. Yeah, I'm <laughs> thinking
1: about canceling cable because n- I never watch anything on TV. Yeah, you can put that $80 yep. a month straight into the brewery. Yeah. I, like, yep, I, I, yep. Would, <laughs> I would <advise. laughs> I don't have cable, <laughs> Yep. Uh, yeah definitely no use for that these days or no time for that for sure so yeah no
0: host time for commercials yeah, like it's 30 yeah, like, percent commercials like getting out of here yeah my kids know how to use the roku so they don't need it yeah there you go <laughs> see they're yeah they're watching hulu and netflix yeah. the whole time they don't need it yeah. So, <laughs> yeah that's this has been a fantastic conversation all right Neil, yeah, thank you so much yeah, dude. awesome yeah let's grab a beer let's grab another beer cheers cheers thank you so much neil for sitting down to talk with me i know you've got a busy schedule so i'll let you get back to it Thanks for listening to Washington Beer Talk. If you like what you heard, then you can find other episodes of the podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. Don't forget to like, leave a review, and share with your friends.